Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's episode, we're going to talk about trading with ETFs, that's exchange-traded funds, and a bear market. Why do I do that so much of late? For the most part, all of 2022 has been exchange-traded funds. So this question comes from a guy, we'll call him Birdie. Birdie writes, and he actually wrote this on Instagram in a comment. I just happened to see it, and I thought, you know what, that's a good question. I think I can make a podcast out of that. So that's exactly what I'm doing here. So Birdie with the comment writes, Keep up the great work. Maybe a podcast episode about how you choose inverse plays in times like this. That's a good question, and we're going to answer that in detail. But first, what am I drinking? Oh, guys, this is a good one here. This is Garrison Brothers. Never had it before. Guadalupe, Texas straight bourbon whiskey finished in a port cask. It's 53.5% alcohol, 107 proof. This is bottle number 1727. The release date was 2022. I've never had Garrison Brothers. It's always staring me at the face in the stores. My wife is always saying, Ryan, when are we ever going to try that one? And man, it's got the coolest looking bottle. And it is. The way they dip the bottle in the wax to seal it off on the top, it's pretty cool. Now to the eye, man, this thing is really dark. I mean, really dark brown. Beautiful color, though. I mean, just a really pretty dark, deep color. To the nose, man, I'm smelling nothing but raspberries, a little bit of caramel, no ethanol, though. I love it when I don't smell the ethanol, man, because I hate that smell like I'm at a gas pump or something. It just doesn't appeal to me at all. To the taste, man, it is really complex. I mean, when I say complex, I mean, it's just got a lot of characteristic to it, a lot of depth. And I got to tell you, it tickles the sensations, man. You got flavors of chocolate. You got flavors of raspberry. You pick it up on the cinnamon. Essentially, you taste exactly what they say on the side of the bottle. I mean, the bottle, it says, it's charred in white American oak, developing caramel, raspberry, cinnamon, and chocolate notes. I got to tell you, this thing is really good in the finish. The finish is not immediate. It gives you a little bit of time to savor and enjoy that taste. It's got some really good spice. In fact, amazing spice to it. A little bit of a kick there at the end just to let you know, hey, I am over 100 proof here. It's all around amazing. I would say this is one of the top bourbons that I've ever had. I'm giving a 9.7. I know that's crazy. I've never even had Garrison Brothers until now. And they got a lot of different lineups, but this Guadalupe is amazing. The price point's $150. I put it right up there with Blanton straight from the barrel. That one, I gave a 9.8. I gave E.H. Taylor a 9.6. So I'm saying it's better than E.H. Taylor. E.H. Taylor is really good in my opinion. I put this one right in between those two. And there's probably some days where I'll drink this and I'll say, this is actually better than straight from the barrel. It's just really good. I mean, there's just a lot going on. I mean, it's a very, very complex with incredible flavors kind of a drink. So there you have it. Garrison Brothers, 9.7. It's the Guadalupe version. All right, back to Birdie here. In essence, why am I using these leveraged ETFs in bear markets? How do I choose when to use them? Well, to be honest... I don't always use them at the right time, right? Because as traders, we have losing trades. 
we have trades that we get into that in hindsight was too early or it was too late or we pressed it or we didn't press it enough. We were simply on the wrong side of the trade. When we should have been long, we were short or short, we should have been long. So that's just a fact of trading. But now why do I use these inverse ETFs in the bear market? Well, for one, one of the biggest characteristics of a bear market is the increased volatility. There's way more volatility in a bear market than there is in a bull market. So I talk about controlling the risk all the time, controlling the volatility in your portfolio, being able to have a portfolio, whatever the beta is. Like, let's say, for instance, your portfolio's beta is two. That means when the stock market goes up 1%, you're probably going up 2%. And if it goes down 1%, you're going down 2%. If the stock market crashes, goes down like 5%, you're probably going to be down 10% in your portfolio. Beta is important. It's why you don't always see me when it comes to like a bull market where I'm just loaded to the gills with speculative software, high growth stocks. There's usually going to be some value in there as well, because I'm trying to tame the beta a little bit to where it's not out of hand or uncontrollable if an unforeseen event happens. And for those who don't know what beta is, it's essentially how much more does a stock move relative to the S&P 500. So a stock with a beta of five, which is like insanely high risk, would be a very high risk trade. So we're in very volatile times. You're seeing the S&P 500 at any given time drop three or 4%. So if you have a high beta portfolio, you're going to see a much bigger return or loss in your portfolio. And individual stocks have less predictability than the ETFs. And in an unpredictable market, I like to have as much predictability as humanly possible. So if I feel like the SPY or the S&P 500 is going to go down, I want something that's going to reflect that. Probably the worst thing you can do is in a bear market, have short positions that are going up and the market's going down. It, not only is it humiliating, but it's just like, why even try if that's the case? And that can happen. I mean, you look at how many times Apple has been up when the market was trading lower or Tesla or Amazon. I mean, those stocks have bucked the trend many a times. Even lately, you've seen Netflix bucking the trend. You would think Netflix would go down when the market's going down because it hasn't been the best company over the past couple of years. However, over the last couple of months, it's shown a lot of relative strength versus the market. So I don't want that. I don't want to be short on a stock that's going up when the market's going down. And that's very possible when you're shorting individual stocks. It doesn't mean that I won't short individual stocks, but right now, I'm getting a pretty good return off of trading the inverse ETFs. And I'm even using the leveraged ones at times too. But then you're thinking to yourself, well, Ryan, if you're trading like a two to one leveraged ETF, isn't that a lot of beta in your portfolio? And it might be from an individual stock standpoint, but I'm not putting all my capital to work in this market. See, I use fewer positions in a bear market. Why? Because I let the volatility do the work for me. I don't have to get 100% short on this market. I can get short two, three, four positions and let the volatility almost give me the same result as if I was long on the market with 10 positions in a bull market. So the leveraged ETFs gives me a little bit more control, a little bit more predicting power, because if I know that the S&P 500, or I believe that the S&P 500 is going to go down, probably one of the best ways to play that is simply by being in the S&P 500. I can be two to one, I can be three to one, or I can be one to one, meaning the amount that I get in terms of return. So the one that I've probably used more than any of them is SDS on the SPY, QID on the NASDAQ 100. And at times I have used SQQQ and SPXU, but those have been few and far between. I've also used the one-to-one. So the SQQQ gives you a three-to-one inverse return of the NASDAQ 100. SPXU gives you a three-to-one inverse return of the S&P 500. But I'm only using those when 
I have a high level of confidence in the direction that the market's going. Plus, I can get in there with a good reward to risk setup without having to go like seven or eight percent stop loss. I can get in maybe with like a three or four percent stop loss. Now, there's a greater chance still that I'll be stopped out because it only takes a one percent counter move against my position and the S&P 500 to knock me out on a trade that I might have a three percent stop loss in. So most of the time I'm doing two to one or one to one because they usually have the best reward to risk ratio. So you'll also see me at times if I have a two to one already in my portfolio, I won't necessarily follow it up with another two to one inverse ETF. I'll usually follow it up with a one to one inverse ETF just because I want to be able to control and manage the risk in my trades. But it goes back again to the number of positions that I have. Am I going two to one to the downside with 100% of my portfolio? No. Oftentimes it's like, 15 to 30% of my portfolio is being used, but there's enough volatility in the market to where I can capitalize off of it. So managing the risk becomes very, very important. I mean, it's important in the bull markets too, but even more so in the bear markets because it can wipe you out in a heartbeat. There's far greater moves to the downside as a result of fear in a bear market than there is moves to the upside as a result of greed in a bull market. So the inverse ETFs lets you control the beta in your portfolio. And that's a big deal in a bear market. And it also lets you control your exposure, not so much from a percentage standpoint every time, because you can't always control the percentages. There's been times where I have been long SDS, which is a two to one inverse ETF of the SPY. And I might be down 3%. My stop loss is about 4%. And then I, I wake up the next morning and the market's gapping up about 1%, which means I'm taking a 5% loss. That does happen with swing trading. So you're not always able to control the percentage against you, but you can control the exposure. How much of your capital do you have exposed to the whims of the market? So when you do the three to one inverse ETFs, it is really critical that you are spot on with your entry. Like you don't have much room for error, especially if you're using, let's say you're using a 6% stop loss with a three to one inverse ETF. That means a 2% counter move in a bear market, which is very possible, takes you out of a trade. And for me, most of my stop losses are somewhere between 3 and 4%. So that means if I'm using a 3% stop loss on, let's say, SQQQ, which is the 3 to 1 inverse ETF for the NASDAQ, if I'm using that kind of a stop loss, I better be right. I can't afford for some kind of like midday counter move of 1% back to the upside because I'll be knocked out. Then you have the 1 to 1 inverse ETFs. Yes, they're a little bit more boring. You get into PSQ for the NASDAQ or you get into SH for the S&P 500. That's the inverse ETFs. They're boring. They're not very fun. They don't move as much, but they do offer you the ability to be very patient with them. I just closed out PSQ the other day, held it for over a month, made about 11% on it. And I still have SH, which currently has about 7.2% again. So you can make profits off of it, but it's a little bit more steady as she goes. But the benefit of a one-to-one is that you don't have to time your entry as perfectly as you do if you were trading a three-to-one. You can be much more patient. It's usually a little bit more forgiving. And in between, you have the two-to-one, which incorporates a little bit of the three where you can get a lot more of a return. And also some of the one-to-one inverse ETF that gives you a little more room to be patient with your entry price and the duration of the trade versus the three-to-one, where you better be spot on. Also, you get a lot of wild news in a bear market. One of them that we've seen a lot lately is companies just coming out of the blue, not at earnings, but just announcing, pre-announcing earnings and saying, hey, we're going to have a bad earnings period. This is what we're looking at here. Or they're 
coming out with new guidance for the future or they're just coming out with some really heinous news. And if you're long on it, that's not good. And if you're short on it, yeah, that might actually work out for you. But there's also times where they may come out with news, whether it's an upgrade because it's fallen so much and a brokerage comes out and says, hey, we're upgrading the stock and it shoots up 10%. In a bear market, I like to take as many of those variables out of the equation. And yes, a good news piece for Apple is going to send the NASDAQ a lot higher, but it won't send it as high off of that news piece as it will for Apple individually. And as stocks get cheaper and cheaper, there's also the potential for buyout risk. Some of these cash-rich companies like Apple, they may start taking a chance on some of these companies that have just been ridiculously knocked lower as a result of this bear market. They'll use it as an opportunity to buy the company. And as we all know, you don't know when a buyout's going to be coming. And finally, you have short squeezes. You can be shorting an energy ETF and maybe you get caught in a short squeeze where the energy sector rallies 2%. But if you're in Schlumberger or if you're in Hess, those energy stocks might be rallying 10 or 11%. And so you're really taking it on the chin there. What we're trying to do is avoid costly mistakes in the bear market. And let me tell you, short squeezes are absolutely brutal to get caught in. But what's really good is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. That's my website, guys. That's going to be what gives you all of my stock market research each and every day. It's a phenomenal benefit to the listeners. There's so many of you guys that have already taken part in this, and I'd encourage you guys that haven't to try it. With swingtradingthestockmarket.com, you're going to get all my market research that includes my watch lists, stocks that I'm looking at each day as potential trades. Also, you're going to get updates on the S&P 500 and on all the big tech stocks, and I'm sending out videos each and every day for you guys to look at. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. So let's wrap this up here with what we've talked about so far. Bear markets, they have more volatility than the bull markets. Therefore, I want to be able to try to do everything I can to control the beta in my portfolio, be able to control as much of the outcome as possible. So I use a lot of the inverse ETFs. Doesn't mean that I won't ever use an individual stock to short. I've done it plenty in the past. I'll do it again in the future. Just right now, I haven't had a better reason to trade an individual stock over an inverse ETF. And that's mainly because managing the risk is far more important than anything else in our trading. And it rings especially true in a bear market. And the inverse ETFs, they can also have leverage to them. There's two to one, there's three to one. I haven't ever seen any four to one. I'm not saying that it's not out there. I've just never, you know, considered it or pondered it. I don't think I need that in my life. But the more leverage that's in an individual ETF, the more right you have to be, the more spot on you have to be with your trades, because there's not a lot of room with a three to one to let that thing run 3% against you on the S&P 500, because there's not a lot of room to run on a leveraged ETF that's three to one, like SPXU, and the market goes up 3%, you're going to get squeezed out and take a 9% loss. So it's very important not to look at SPXU or SQQQ or any of the three to one leverage ETFs as simply a way to make greater profits. You need to look at it more so from the potential risks that are involved. And remember, when you go down to a one to one, you can be so much more patient and there's a better chance in a bear market that you'll be right versus a three to one and be profitable. And inverse ETFs takes a lot of the risk that's involved with individual stocks in a bear market out of the equation. So you know what you're getting. And if you can get the timing of the market right, then all those other variables from individual stocks pretty much go out the window. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to, because those do mean the world to me. And to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com and to send me emails, ryan at shareplanner.com, of your questions that you have as it pertains to trading. And I 
get to most of them, guys. I really do. I, I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing what you guys have to say. So keep sending them my way. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.